Hi, everyone, and welcome to week eight of the podcast, Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm so excited to have you join me today. This is our second week of chat with a pastor, and this time on the episode, we've got Pastor Mike Moffmer from the original Glorious Church of God, and it's such a fun conversation. He is just fantastic. If you know his dad uh, was Bishop Melvin Moffmer, and if you know him, he is somebody who just, he always has a smile on his face. He is like the best dressed pastor, maybe even person in Chillicothe. Um, he pastored the church for a really long time and then passed it down to his son, Mike. Um, and Mike is just just as incredible. He's got such a heart for people, such a heart for the city. Um, he's just such a good person. Um, and so we had a really good conversation and I'm really excited for you to hear it. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back and join me as we pour it out. Well, hi there. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm sorry. I, I thought you were opening up. Hey, I'm no, sorry. I was just saying hi. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Um, so would you introduce yourself as much or as little as you want to share about yourself? Certainly, certainly. Well, uh, my name is Mike Moffmer, and uh, I'm currently the pastor of the Original Glorious Church. Here in Chillicothe, uh, took over in February of 2020. Uh, spent the last 30 years of my life working for the State Highway Patrol, where I just retired uh, in August. Now I'm currently working for the city of Chillicothe. I'm a workaholic. How's that going? It's going. It's different. A lot different than what I'm used to, but it's it's a good job. And so we are sitting and recording this on Tuesday. Um, this episode will not go out this week. It'll go out next week. So we are, um, days away from dance for kids sake where you will be dancing. Yes. Um, but by the time that people hear this, you will have finished it and maybe have won. Well, we hope. <laughs> and I learned just a few minutes ago that you choreographed most of the dance. Yep. I, I did most of the choreography on the dance, um, kind of looking at YouTube and looking at different styles of dance and kind of put it together. So add that to your list of all the things that you can do. You play the keyboards and you sing and you play the saxophone and you coach and you preach and you just do all the things. Do it all. I eat, you know, I eat <laughs> the best of them. That's a talent you don't want to forget about. Do you cook? Uh, I eat. You don't want to forget about that. <laughs> I married a good woman who knows how to cook very well. Well, bless the Lord. Because <laughs> I don't. Um, well, to get started, well, do you want to tell about your family? Sure. So I've been married to my wife, Tara. Uh, she grew up here, and we met here at this church. Uh, I grew up in Akron, so we would come out here in the summers. Uh, we started dating in high school, actually. We were high school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been married for 24 years, come the 17th of this month. And we have two sons, one just turned 23 on the second, which is Brandon and Javon will be 21 on the 30th. So I did everything in October. Wow. So I can't forget it. I mix wow. up my son's birthday. Like I know one was the 30th, one was the second, but 17th is that day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Big month, and then you 
throw in dancing in it too. And dancing. Yeah. And now a podcast. So it's just a big, big month for you. Uh, and your podcast. I've, I've come full circle now. Yeah. I've come full circle. <laughs> um, well, before we get into my main question for you, um, you had mentioned that you took over the church, um, became lead pastor in 2020. So it's now been two and a half years. Mm -hmm. How's that going? How's that transition been? The transition has been smooth. Um, you know, in 2020, when I took over, it was the height of COVID. So there was a lot of adjustment that I had to, to do adjusting, you know, services online, podcasts and things of that nature. So that was different. That was definitely a learning curve. One of the things that it, I think it benefited us is that we, we upped our, uh, you know, I guess I swept our game in technology as far as podcasting and live streaming and things like that. So uh, we got the message out to more people. So that transition was kind of hard, but the transition to take over has been pretty seamless. I think because I, you know, I grew up pretty much in this mm -hmm. church. I started out as a choir director. I started out playing the drums, moved to choir director, learned how to play the organ, became the organ minister of music. And I just kind of come up through the ranks. So it's not like I just came from the streets. So I think that made the transition a lot easier. Everybody knew me. They knew I've worked here diligently when I wasn't the pastor. So that, that made the transition pretty easy. And you preached. I mean, I, I've been here and heard you preach. Yes, I preached. I, I would preach uh, quite a bit as a young man. And uh, you know, I, I think we started out on Friday nights. We would preach on Friday nights for the evangelistic service. And then uh, you get a Sunday afternoon here again. Never Sunday mornings. You weren't ready to do Sunday mornings. And then kind of slowly you got into Sunday mornings. And so I kind of did it all. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, my main goal for sitting down with pastors is just hearing kind of their heart for our city. And so um, just curious to hear what, you know, as you've been praying and as you seek the Lord and stuff, is there anything that he has shown you specifically over our city, over our community um, that you want to share? That's good. Yeah. Good question. Um, you know, restoration comes to mind. Uh, when I was a kid coming here, uh, I can remember the city and it was a safe place. It was a place people love to come, raise their kids. Uh, and with different things going on, it's not as safe as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So in my prayer, I see restoration of our city, restoration of our churches, uh, gaining power and getting more powerful and closer to God, restoration of our community, our community leaders, running back to God. So that's the big thing I see is restoring us back to the foundations of the gospel. Um, everybody knew everybody here. Uh, we looked out for each other. I can remember when I was a kid, I, it was funny when I was growing up, you know, you couldn't do anything as a kid and it wouldn't get back to your parents. Mm -hmm. That's not the case now. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I hear restoration coming back with, with that, you know, community-based people knowing each other. If your kid does something, I'm going to call you up. Hey, Elena, your son did this, and he's going to go home and be challenged on it. And he's like, man, I can't do anything in Chillicothe without being known. <laughs> so getting back to that, when I was a kid and seeing that um, coming here and seeing, you know, the older people that sat out on their porches and, uh, you didn't have to know them, but you would go sit down and talk to them. Um, I can remember just walking down and older people be here for the summers. Older people call you up on the porch. You sat down and you talked to them mm -hmm. and they gave you knowledge and, and, and talked to you and they knew everything. And so 
uh, I, I look for that to come back or, or safe place, restoring uh, God back into the community and restoring our community as we know it. Letting everybody know, look, we got to get back to God. If we don't get back to God, disaster eventually, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I I think back to those those days too. And just, there was a s- simplicity mm-hmm. of it all. And there was, there was this, you know, you, you trusted people more and you trusted what they said. So if you did get a phone call that was like, Hey, your kid's out of line or whatever there, you trusted that, mm-hmm. like you trusted the adult, you trusted the authority. And, um, and I think we've, we've missed that. We've lacked that a lot. Um, and so that yes. And amen to all of that. That would be, I think that's just nationwide too. And yeah. maybe it's the change of the times, the change of people. Um, you look, people, people aren't as nice as they used to be. And it goes back to, we're not as close to God as we used to mm-hmm. be back then. It was like, you know, I had no, I wasn't always a preacher. So I did my dirt. I knew if, a Christian, if a church member, if they were walking down the street, I would straighten up, you know, mm-hmm. or I'd walk on the other side of the street because I didn't <laughs> want them praying for me. And I think we need to get back to that where the people of God have that kind of power, where people who are on drugs, people who are battling with these things, you know, they straighten up when they see you because they know there's something about you. And I think just not only in the city, but in the church in the whole, we, we've missed that. You know, we've gone away from that. And I oftentimes preach about that, preach about um, going back to the times when the church had power. You know, mm-hmm. um, I can remember when I was a kid, somebody said, hey, pray for me. Well, they didn't wait. If you was on the steps of the courthouse, they grabbed your hand and they prayed for you. Mm-hmm. I work with a girl now who does that. And she'll, you know, hey, just remember your prayer. So she'll grab them right there and start praying. Mm-hmm. We've lost that in our churches, mm-hmm. in our community. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for that to come mm-hmm. back. And I, it's so awkward. I know who you're talking about. And she stopped me in Kroger before yeah. and has been like, you've been on my heart and now I see you. So come here, let's pray. And I'm like, oh man. And it's like, it's so good, but it's so, I remember I used to pray for that. And then I got to the point where honestly, and I'm admitting this, but I would literally say, Lord, don't highlight people to me when I would go into the stores because I'm probably not going to pray for them and I don't want to be disobedient. Right. So just That's don't good. highlight them. And it is, it's because it's, it got so, that's so not the norm. And then you feel like the weirdo that's like, Hey, I want to pray for you right here, but it should be the norm. It should be, that should be what we're operating in and how we're, you know, where we're hearing him and sensing him so clearly that it's like, no, that person right there, you, you stop right now and you pray for them. And when you hear him, you know, he's not going to lead you astray. Right. And you start praying for them, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to receive it. And, yeah. You know, that and you said, don't want to look like the weirdo. Well, you know, they thought Jesus was weird. Right. You know, <laughs> who, who is this man saying he's the son of God? So it's the same thing. You know, we're going to walk like him. And, but I, I love, I like that about you. Don't highlight these people because I'm probably not going to do it. That comes from us separating self from, from the spirit man, our natural mm-hmm. man from the spirit man. But in all honesty, those things are never separate. Yeah. If you're a spirit being. So, um, and that's one thing that, you know, I've been taught the person we're talking about here. And then, uh, there's another lady that goes to this church and she, you know, she said, I'll forget, you know, Hey, will you pray for me? Okay. She'll pray for you. And I asked her one, I said, why do you do that? She said, cause I'll forget. 
Mm-hmm. You know how many people tell me to pray for them? Mm-hmm. So I just say, hey, pray for every, I pray for everybody who told me to pray for them. So I, I've tried to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and try to pray for people. So uh, it's good to see, you know. Yeah. So when you see me in Kroger, if God tells you to pray for me, I don't care if I'm... <laughs> getting a steak you tell me put that steak down and you pray for me right i will and i have gotten better i will say i'd say over the last few years he's been drawing my heart back so i think it even goes back to what you're saying he is restoring and he's Mm -hmm. restoring that that passion and that i don't care attitude because i don't care what i look like it's all about him and Mm -hmm. so if it's going to be something that's going to draw somebody closer to him then that's all i should care about anyway that's good. And so, yeah, I see that happening. So that's, that's good. good. That's, that's good. good. I want to interrupt this podcast really quick to tell you about a few partnerships that I have with some downtown businesses here in Chillicothe. The first one is from Sweet William Bossom Boutique. They have the absolute best chocolate covered strawberries in the whole entire world. If you have not had them, run down there and get them. They have other gourmet treats. They have charcuterie boards. They have lots of things. They also have the most beautiful flowers. And so I get the honor and the privilege of having their flowers on my dining room table for each conversation that I have with a friend. And it just really sets the atmosphere in here. And I'm so, so thankful. Guys, they are located at 90 West 2nd Street. If you have not been there go there. Check them out. They are absolutely amazing. My other one is Roast Coffee. It is located at 107 East 2nd Street in the Fort Collective. They have the best coffee, hands down, best drinks that you will find here in Chillicothe. And each week when I sit down with a friend, as we pour it out over coffee, we will be pouring it out over roast coffee. And so we're really excited to have that partnership. Um, Both of these places are located in our beautiful downtown. Go check them out. You can look them up and follow them on social media and just make sure that you let them know that Elena sent you. Okay, so my other question that I wanted to talk to you about, which with pastors, sometimes I don't really have questions, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to know this. And with you, I do. I feel like, and I've told you this before um, at different times, but you are, you're just so, you're one of my favorite people in the community. I tell people that all the time. And when I was telling people that I was interviewing you, I was like, he's legit one of my favorite people and your family, so I can say it even more so now. But um you just, you do all the things. And we kind of talked about that in the beginning. You were state highway patrolman. You work for the city now. You coach, you you led worship. Now you're preaching full time. And so you're leading a church, plus you're a husband and a dad. And the list goes on and on and on. But I feel like everything you do, you do well. Thank like you. you, you juggle a lot of balls, but you do them without one dropping on the ground. And so I feel like somebody who's a lot on the outside, but sees it and is close to people that you're close to and stuff, like you have a strong marriage and you have a strong relationship with your family, but you also, I mean, you served as a state highway patrolman in law enforcement for 30 years while also part of that time managing a church in the middle of a pandemic and all of the things. And then you've got people like me who are like, who, you know, I also lead National Day of Prayer. And so anytime Mm -hmm. I ask you, 
hey, can you pray? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you play your saxophone for us? Whatever. You never say no, but you also never drop the ball. Like you've never not shown up. I'm not saying that you're perfect because I'm sure that you do drop the ball, but (laughs) how do you, because I think a lot of times in ministry, it's very, well, yeah, they're really good at ministry, but they lack with their friends or they lack with their family. How do you manage things well? Uh, great question. Um, it goes back to my training, you know, my father. And coming up as, I never, let's, let's get this straight, let all of your listeners know, I never had any desire to be a pastor. I ran from that. No, that's not my calling. That's not what I want to do. When you're called to something, you can't run from it. It finds you. And it found me. I mean, I really, literally ran from that. Um, but one thing that my father has always taught me and he teaches young ministers is, uh, number one, never spend more time with the church than you spend with your wife or your husband. Your wife or your husband is your first priority. Uh, and your kids. Once you've established that, then you spend the time with the church's kids. He said, never, you know, spend so much time with kids in the church that your own kids are lacking. You know, you have to be able to give it, give them everything you can. Um, so in my family life, one thing that I, I wanted, I love my father, greatest father that a man could ever have. But when I was young playing sports in high school, he missed a lot of my stuff because of the church. That's one of the reasons why I said I didn't want a pastor. Um, My father was great, still is great, treated me great, raised me well. Uh, But when it came to the church, if I had a football game on Friday or a basketball game on Friday and he had evangelistic service on Friday, he was gone to go to that evangelistic service. And anytime he could come support me, he would. I never really thought of anything about that when I was younger because it's all I knew. But as I got my own kids, I realized, wait, you know, they didn't ask to be a pastor. That's Mm -hmm. something that I was called to do. So I made sure I worked my schedule around going to their games. You know, we don't have a big church, so we have a smaller church, so it's easy to move things. And people were were receptive to that. You know, hey, we got Friday nights. Can we not have evangelistic services? We got Saturday because I would like to go see my kids play. You know, you want me to come see your kid play? I do want to see my kid play. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I did and just the training from my father um, and, and all the other stuff. Honestly, it's God. It's God. I don't think about it. I just do it. Sometimes I tell my wife, you know, I need to tell people no sometimes and I'm getting better. The older I get. No, can't do that. I think I told, you no mm-hmm. when it was coming to playing the sax for the uh, for National Day of Prayer last year. For the anthem. Yeah, because you weren't going to be here. No, or no, because I was here. What happened was, I said, Lena, I said, I. Yeah, I've you never didn't got, know that. Yeah, yeah. You I've practiced yeah. that song, and that's the only song that I'm not comfortable enough. I yeah. could play it well enough for me, but I didn't want to play in front of somebody. So I did tell you. No. Yeah, that's true. But it's just, I, I think, when God calls you to do something, it's effortless, and you don't think about it. Um, I think another thing is, I, I never, I always said this is that I never want to get God's glory ever in my life. You know, God's gifted me to do things and I'm going to do them to the best of my ability because it's a reflection on what, on who he is. Um, but I never want to be seen doing those things. 
And I think if you approach things like that, you don't want to be seen doing things. You don't want things for your glory, but you want to do it because God's blessed you to do that. Um, I remember years ago, I was preaching somewhere and I told a, a lady, I said, I have to preach somewhere. She said, what? She said, you have to preach. I said, yeah, I have to preach. She said, never say you have to preach. You get to preach. Mm -hmm. So I ran with that. I get to play the organ. I get to play the sax. It's what I love to do. I get to sing. I get to preach. I get to go coach. I get to watch my kids play. I get to watch kids play. So I think when you understand it's a blessing to be able to get to do those things, um, it makes it e easy and effortless. Um, and you really don't think about it. That's one way. Good support system. My wife is very supportive. Um, you know, I, I don't worry about much at the house. She makes sure things are taken care of. She makes sure I don't have to worry about paying our bills. She makes sure our bills are taken care of. I don't worry about that stuff. And when you don't have to worry about that stuff, you can focus on other things. Because if I had to go home and say, okay, we got bill A, B, C, and D. You know, she pays them. Here's what we have. Here's what we pay. That makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and raising my kids, one of the things that I, I focused on was, um, and I've always told my wife this is that being young black men in society, uh, you have to make sure that a male figure is there. Mm -hmm. And so I focused on being there for my sons to say, I'm going to spend every waking moment I can with them to be that good father. So I think when you have the purpose on, it wasn't for me, it was for them mm -hmm. um, because I had to teach them your son's 10, you say? He's six. Six. Okay, your son, your daughter's mm -hmm. 10. Mm -hmm. Your son's 10, so he's going to be 20, 21 mm -hmm. one day. Mm -hmm. So I did the fourth all okay. I'm looking at you at 21, not as a six-year-old or a 10-year-old. So I'm trying to instill these things in yeah. you. So it was kind of effortless because I had a purpose to do that. But all this other stuff, it's just, you know, it's the grace of God. Yeah. And I think it's because I don't seek the glory in anything I do. And when you don't seek the glory, he'll, he'll, the Bible says that your gift will make room yeah. for you. And if he's gifted you, it's just like the one he gave uh, the one talent to and the five talents mm -hmm. to, which we're, we're talking about money. A lot of people think you're talking about talents, but we're mm -hmm. talking about money. And the one that had the one, you know, he went and multiplied that. Mm -hmm. Or the other one hit it. I might be mistaken, but, you know, so I look at it this way. If God blessed me to do these things, mm -hmm. then I've got to do them to the best of my ability because he's given me the gift to do that. Yeah. So it's kind of effortless because of his grace, really. Well, I will say I was talking to a friend before I came here and she doesn't know you. She's newer to the area. And I was telling her about you. And I, I literally said, he's one of the most humble people that I know. Oh, I appreciate that. And I said, he's not one of those pastors that's like, and I'm a preacher and I'm a pastor. Like people probably wouldn't even know no. because you are, pastor Mark says something like, um, when people say like, what do you do? And he said he, his, somebody had told him like, I'm a school teacher cleverly disguised, or I'm, I'm a disciple of Christ cleverly disguised as a school teacher mm -hmm. or whatever, something along those lines. And that's what I think about with you. Like you are a preacher of the gospel. You are a disciple and a dis discipler of Christ, but disguised as all of these other hats that you wear. Right. You don't ever go around and say, I'm Mike Moffware and I do all of the things. We just know that you do all of the yeah. things and, and you do them well. 
you know, the higher your plateau, the higher your your stage that you put yourself in, the higher the, the farther the fall is. Yeah. So you stay humble. Uh, I fall. I fell when I was a young man, young young man. I had a pretty bad fall, and I learned from that. You know, I was you know early twenties, and I learned from that. I was like, yeah, you'll never put yourself up on a pedestal because you will get knocked down quick and publicly. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to, uh, you know, I, it's a gift. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to do what I do. I love people. I love to help people. I love to see people get better. And, you know, I'm not looking for any glory in that. And I think if you don't look for glory in that, that's when things happen. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and then, well, I mean, before we get to the last question, is there anything that I haven't touched on that you're like, I really want to share this? Wow. You put me on the spot on that <laughs> one, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you? Um, no, I just, you know, when, when people see me and I appreciate the comment about being humble is, and I, I would plead with every preacher in every city and every church is to stay approachable and humble. Um, you know, uh, I often tell my church, look, you know, you know, I'm, I'm here to help the church and help you and let's get this through this together. You know, my, my church calls me, it was, they wanted to call me pastor. So like pastor Mark, I make them call me pastor Mike. You're not going to call me pastor, pastor Moffmer. No, if you have to throw <laughs> pastor in there, just call me pastor Mike is what I ask them. So most of them call me pastor Mike. Some of them still call me Mike. Um, and, and I want, you know, to kind of keep on that level with everybody to say, look, I'm just called to stand behind this desk, mm -hmm. make sure the administrative work of the church is done. But it can't happen without each and every person in this church doing what we need to do. Um, and so, you know, I, I would say every preacher, stay humble, be approachable, um, let people know that you care, you love them, check on them. Um, you know, you may not can like like let's say in times of death. You know, I don't know what to say. You can't say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, just be just be there. I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. Some people ask me questions, and I you know I can't answer it. You know, why did this happen, Mike? I can't answer it. But at least you, I was approachable enough that you could come tell me. Let's figure it out. If we can't figure it out, maybe we may never figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, any preacher preacher that tells you they have all the answers is a fool. You don't mm -hmm. have all the answers. Because the Bible says God's ways are far above our ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm smart enough now after at least, <laughs> you know, to understand I may not have the answer mm -hmm. and I may never get the answer. That doesn't make me any less, you know, any more or less a man of God. It just makes me human. I'm like, OK, we may never figure this out when we go to heaven. We'll ask you. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes we just got to live through the stuff we live through and figure it out later. So and I, I do that just by staying humble. I want to stay humble and stay approachable. Yeah. Uh, I make it a point every, uh, try to every Sunday after some service to run back to my back door and greet people as they leave mm -hmm. and tell them, Hey, we're glad because I look at it this way. When you come to glorious church, you're blessing me because you're giving me an audience to minister to. Yeah. If I don't have an audience to minister to, I minister to myself. Yeah. So I try to appreciate the people who come here and be like, thank you. Yeah. for choosing this church because there's other places you could choose to go but you choose to come here i appreciate that yeah and so i would tell every pastor appreciate the people that are there they're not your people um these are not my people these are god's people right they just attend this church and i want them to know i'm grateful for that because you give me the audience to do what i do 
I love that. Well, the last question is just, and you may not have an answer for this one. It may tie into the, to the previous one, but um, is there anything specific that the Lord's showing you lately that he's been speaking to you personally that you want to share with us? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things for the past month is prayer. Okay, you say prayer, just prayer. Um, I pray every day. I was probably most of us pray in one way, shape, or form, but sometimes we forget. Sometimes we get so busy. Um, I think COVID and live streaming has taken away from us coming together and mm -hmm. praying. Um, and so that's one thing that God has been saying to me for prayer. So we have um, Zoom or Facebook Live Sunday. Um, Wednesday night mm -hmm. Bible study. So I haven't even told my church this yet. So when you listen to the podcast, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Every Wednesday of January, starting in January, I said, we're coming in here. We're not opening up a Bible. We're not playing a song. We're praying and we're walking around this church and we're going to set the atmosphere for 2023. And so he's saying, been saying to me for the last month is, is prayer. Uh, we had a service two Sundays ago. I, and, you know, any pastor to tell you or any preacher when they study, you know, for our 25 minutes, 30 minutes, some are an hour and 40. But for my 25 minutes or 30 minutes of preaching, I'm three or four days of studying. Yeah. Um, and so I studied, had a sermon already. Felt, OK, God, I hear you talking. And we didn't get to because I just started calling people up for prayer and, and laying hands on people and, and, and calling them into their destiny goes back to what you said. Don't, don't highlight these people, God. Mm -hmm. I've spent three or four days on this sermon. And he said, it's not about you, mm -hmm. you know? So he's calling me to prayer and especially for this church here is to prayer. Like, I mean, going in and, and calling on God and coming fire for God and crying out to him and weeping and laying at his feet and just hearing what he says. You know, um, we can get, especially preachers, we can, God reveals so much to you when you study, you kind of like, wow, I got to tell somebody this. Mm -hmm. You know, I love looking at Greek and Hebrew and it, it kind of breaks down what the Bible says. I got to get to church this. But, you know, we've lost that art just to come in here and pray. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't need a praise team. We don't, we don't need, uh, we don't need you to preach. God wants to talk to us, all of us all, and he wants to get us into the spirit realm and we just need to pray. And, you know, I think when we start doing that, especially here at the Glory Church, I can speak for that. When we start doing that, I think that's when demonic oppressions and things that are holding people will be broken. Yeah. Um, we can discuss it. We can talk about it. We can preach to it. But if we start praying for it and praying things through, I think, and I'm talking about laying out before God. Like when I was a boy, I would go to prayer service. Now, when I was young, I would sit in the back and we didn't have phones or anything, but we would color in our coloring books and you would hear the people just on fire. I mean, they were mm -hmm. crying out to God. It would be to the point if someone walked in here and didn't know what was going on, they think you like the, the strange one or the weird one, you know what you just said. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's calling me to is that you just cry out and people loving on each other and pressing in to whatever the issues are and just praying to God. And I, the Bible specifically says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, yeah. seek my face and turn. And so he's been dealing with, and I can talk a lot about that because I love it. He's been dealing me, 
with me a lot about seeking his face, seeking his vision, not our vision, not because every, you know, every year, every church will have something. This mm -hmm. is a goal. This is the saying we're going. I think in 2020, a lot of people say 2020 vision. Mm -hmm. And when 2020 came, I think we went to something NAACP had or something and the theme was 2020 vision. <laughs> And God wrecked that vision yeah. with you. You couldn't see nothing. So it's like, you know, no themes, no no gimmicks, no gimmicks, no nothing. Just get out and lay at his feet and pray. Um, and I tell this story, you know, I was I was praying for uh, my son. My oldest son was struggling to make one point that he needed in the SAT score, ACT, whatever one it was back then, to get into Cedarville. He needed one point. And I laid before God days and days. I mean, crying out to him, like interceding for my son, like, God, you got to do this. This is one point. We all know that he made it there. And then God spoke to me. He said, when you needed me to do this for your son, you pressed in. But now that, you know, hey, you're playing organ, you're doing all this stuff, mm -hmm. and you seem to be doing things effortless, as you may think, um, you're not pressing in. And so I thought, okay, God, I, I get it. So I've been pressing in myself. And before I bring it to a church to press in, I must press in. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he's dealing with me is, is, is sincere, deep hearted root prayer, letting people get in touch with God um, to the part where your emotions take over mm -hmm. and you cry out and get a release from God mm -hmm. because we can pray, God help us, God do this. And that's great. That's wonderful. But he wants you to just lay it all out there and weep like a baby mm -hmm. and say, God, you got to fix this or you got to. And that's what I'm looking for and coming up. So I, I haven't even told my church. I've already put it on my calendar. I started making my calendar every Wednesday. We're not doing Bible study. Yeah. You're all well versed in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to come in here and we're going to pray. Yeah. And so that's that's what he's dealing with me personally. And in this church for yeah. us is just deep rooted prayer. I love it. I last week um, on the podcast, I didn't have um, anybody share. I shared. And um, one of the things that I said was that I felt like the Lord wants to restore joy. And the, one of the biggest ways, you know, the word says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. Fullness. And then the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so to have the strength to go out and conquer the things, especially in the culture that we live in, you know, you need that and you find that in his presence. And so, yeah. you know, getting deep and, and honest and authentic and getting rid of everything else and just seeking his face in prayer. That's where you find it. Yeah. And you, you don't, it. you don't, you don't act like we're acting when you're deep in his presence. Yeah. Am I right. Would you agree? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and, and you've obviously been there. I've been, it's just so, you feel so much better. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I, I love it. Just seeking to get into his presence. And I'll tell you this story about, about the presence of God, if you don't mind. Yeah. Cause you don't got a preacher on here, you know, mess up. <laughs> so, and I've preached this. I, I was, I was working, I was with the highway patrol. My oldest boy, Brandon, couldn't have been but five years old, six at the most, maybe a little younger. And he had a dream that I got, I got killed by a bad guy is how he put it. So my wife calls me and he's sobbing, he's crying. And uh, he was like, talk, she was like, talk to your son, you know? So I'm talking to him, he's just, he's just, you know, four or five. And he said, daddy, I, I, I thought you got killed. I said, no, I didn't get killed. 
I'm okay, you know, being a cop. So a couple hours went by, he starts it up again. She calls me again. He was crying. So I'm like, Brandon, I'm okay. Your dad's okay, man. I said, daddy back then. He, mm-hmm. he probably ain't gonna like me saying that. Daddy's okay, <laughs> buddy. So I come home from work, take off my suit and get up in the bed. And he was just antsy all day. My wife couldn't get him to calm down. He was worried about me. And I put, he lay down in front of me and I put my arms around him. And within five minutes, he was sound asleep. And God gave me a word from that. The way your son felt when he got in your presence. Mm, That's so good. Mm. Is the same way when we get into the presence of God, I get emotional when I talk about the presence of God. When we get into the presence of God, we can just rest Mm -hmm. from all of the things that we're going through. And so that stuck with me, you know, 15 years later, is that we need to get back into the presence of God. When we can hear his voice, he heard my voice, he was cool, yeah. but he still wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't going to rest until he got in my presence. And that's yeah. the same way with us. We can hear God talking, but when we get into his presence, we can just relax and yeah. say, we can sleep, we can have peace. Yeah. And that's what I want for people because people are being tormented yeah. in their minds. Oh, 100%. And it's like, man, if you can just, you can hear God. When we're preaching, you're hearing what God is saying. Uh, And that's good. But when you really lay out and seek his presence and he wraps his arms around you, Mm -hmm. there's a peace that passes all understanding. That's what I want to see us get back to. And I know that was long, but I got it. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I bet somebody specifically needed to hear that. So thank you. Well, thank you for being here. I, um... Yeah, I don't, it's, you are the person who you do it all. And I will say that when I was telling my friend about you, I said, there's a song, Lord, you are good. And there ain't nobody that sings it better than Mike Hoffmer, not even Israel. Oh, well, well. (laughs) I think you are, you know, you're, you're one of my, my favorite people in the community. One of my favorite pastors here, because you are the same inside this church as you are anywhere that at family reunion at work at anywhere and you are loved and appreciated and i thank you for making time i felt bad because i thought oh my gosh of all weeks that i asked him to do this it's the week before dance for kids sake he's in the middle of practicing and doing all the things and oh, no. but when i asked it wasn't even a hesitation it was yeah absolutely so no. i just i appreciate you and publicly appreciate who you are thank you i appreciate you having me and we appreciate everything you're doing have you been able to check out maggie and me candle company yet if you have not you need to run and get these candles seriously they are the best smelling candles they are soy based they are hand poured and they are made with love here in chillicothe ohio you can get them at high five bakery you can get them at new system bakery at nelly dog and you can also get them on their shopify account so if you go to maggieandme.shop you can order them there And guys, listen, this is the best part. For the whole month of October, they are offering 10% off of anybody who uses the code ALANA10. So A-L-A-N-A 10, and you get 10% off your order. So use this month to stock up 
get some candles for yourself, for your friends, for Christmas presents, get all of them for all of the things. You will be so pleased, I promise. So hurry up, you have the whole month of October to stock up. Let them know I sent you and use the code ALANA10. Okay, well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Um, like I said, he is fantastic, Pastor Mike Moffmer. Um, he is family to me. He is a friend to me, um, and he's just a fantastic person. Also, by the time this releases, uh, Dance for Kids' Sake is over, and if you did not see it or if you were not there, uh, he and his partner, Billy, did win Judge's Favorite for the night. They did absolutely incredible. It makes me laugh just thinking about it. He absolutely nailed it. Um, and so if you have not seen it, I encourage you to get on Facebook and check it out because you can watch the video of them dancing and it is hilarious. Um, so he is what you see is what you get. Um, he is just a fantastic person. I hope you got to know him a little bit. Uh, listening through this episode today. If you did listen, if you do not have a church home and you'd like to go check him out, or even if you do have a church home and just want to go check him out and say hi, um, his church is located at 123 West Main Street, the original Glorious Church of God. Um, so give him some love, tell him thanks for being a part of this, and you know just continue to spread unity throughout our wonderful, wonderful community guys filled with wonderful, wonderful pastors. So hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week. Um, and I will see you next week for another episode of Pour It Out.